Hello everybody, it's Danny here again from the Tiro podcast and the Tiro Facebook group, Travel Industry Recruitment Opportunities. Once again, thank you for coming along and listening to this podcast and more importantly, thanks to everybody that's joined the Facebook group and of course those of you that are sharing jobs on a daily basis. It is certainly helping get our colleagues and our friends and our peers back into the industry that we love. So today I've got another special guest and I'm very pleased to say that we're continuing on with our theme of finding out what it's like around the world at the moment and how everything is opening up at slightly different paces. And I'm very pleased to say that we've got the one and only CEO of Travelbiz.ie, Don Shearer, industry stalwart. I was going to use veteran, but I think that's a bit... uh, Ash on his age there, so the industry stalwart, and everybody knows Don from across in the Republic of Ireland there, so welcome Don. Thank you Danny, that's a fantastic intro. Uh, I am a lot younger than I look, you know, uh, contrary to popular belief, but look, it's great to join you today, and I've been following your podcasts, and it's a great vehicle to keep your audience and our audience up to speed on all things travel. And uh, it is, you know, it's great. We're, we're getting lots and lots of new listeners each time we put out a new episode. And, it, you know, I'd like to think that we're certainly helping give something back to those that are... It's been a long few, well, over a year. Yeah. It's certainly a long time for people trying to get a job, whether they be furloughed or redundant or looking to change, you know. So, so Don, obviously you're based down in the beautiful Republic of Ireland, the Emerald Isle itself. Um it's working slightly differently even compared to Northern Ireland on, on how you're uh, emerging from, from COVID. And even today, there's lots of new news going on. So um, what's the outlook like for travel in, in the Republic? Yeah, um, it is. It's quite a strange one being on the island where we've got our friends and colleagues in the north of Ireland who are going at a different pace in a far more positive vein than what we've experienced in the south. There's one word that's being used quite a bit here and across the globe, and it's clarification. And that's one of the things that has frustrated the industry here is that even though the outlook is a lot brighter, things have moved at quite a slow pace. And for your listeners who really are not tuned in with the greatest respect to what's happening in Ireland, there's a number of things that broke this morning. our Taoiseach, our Prime Minister, has announced that from July, we are hoping that all people who have been fully vaccinated will be able to travel, which is really good positive stuff. Now, the rate of vaccinations here in the south of Ireland are still on a, on a par with the European averages in terms of we've got 1.9 million people vaccinated, 500k, 500,000 of those who are fully vaccinated, you know, which is only 38% in total of the population at 1.9 million in terms of first fact, whereas Northern Ireland is well ahead of the race with 1.5 million people vaccinated, half a million of which, again, are fully vaccinated. And I suppose, you know, in terms of where we're going and, you know, the frustration of trying to open up our borders. Only this week have we been allowed to travel internally in Ireland. So inter-county travel is now allowed. So we've had five long months 
of a real tough lockdown and we're into 15 months of this storm now on a positive note and you know me well enough danny we took in travel biz a very positive outlook from the get-go and we didn't embrace ourselves with the numbers game and the blame game so we've tried to keep our audience the travel industry in ireland as positive as we possibly can in terms of always looking at positive angles I try to help those who've been furloughed, who've lost their jobs, and we've done everything in our power just to kind of keep that message going. So right now in Ireland, the good news is that we're on the road to getting our population vaccinated. There's still a lot of confusion, but we got a little bit of clarity this morning that if the Irish government adopt the EU COVID certificate and we comply with that, there is no reason why our retail and wholesale sectors won't see any level of business um, happening uh, up to, like we're hoping to see a level of business kickstarting in July because there's been no real encouragement other than what we've experienced up to date, Danny, because there, our agents and tour operators here, like on the beach announcements yesterday, who just could not engage and take bookings because of the total confusion surrounding who can and who cannot travel. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but it's certainly a far better place than we were even last week. No, that's good to hear. And I think you're, you're, you're spot on with, with the clarification. Um, that's going to be key going forward because it needs to be simplified if because if the travel trade can't understand the rules and regulations that are going to be coming from the governments then yeah how is that going to be passed on to the consumer so yeah and i think you've done a sterling job as you said keeping everybody up to right right so the uh, the lockdown process certainly even back to the times when it was the the friday night disc yeah <laughs> Well, that was a great, and again, because lockdown for everybody at that stage, Danny, was something none of us had ever experienced and hopefully we'll never have to experience again. And one of the ideas we had was just to keep a level of engagement with uh, our industry colleagues and friends was to initiate a Friday night dancing. And it just went viral and it really did um, put under the microscope the need for people to stay connected. And uh, that that is just so important, especially in our business. You know, we can't wait to get back to what we do best in terms of interacting in the flesh. We're a tactile bunch and uh, we need to get back and knock on doors ASAP. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that, that brings me on to obviously with the fact that obviously July is great news for, for, for yourself, mm. hopefully opening up. But the chances are that the North are going to be opening up a lot earlier. So you're going to have, how's that going to work? Are people going to cross? Yeah, this, this is one of the, yeah, this is one of the big issues, Danny. Um, because we have no real border and we haven't had for the longest time. I mean, I could drive today to Belfast quite easily. One of the fears, I suppose, the government correctly has in the north of Ireland and in the south is that people will be uh, inclined to hop in their cars and drive to Belfast, where Ryanair and Aer Lingus, for example, have increased their capacity to some destinations, hop on an airplane and go. 
So right now, being brutally honest with you, nobody really knows what's going to happen in terms of how are they going to control that? What procedures will be put in play? Because the one thing we don't want is a border checkpoint. That would be just the last thing we'd need. Um, so yeah, it's on one side, good news. On the other side, it's concerning. And it's not good for the industry here either because our airline partners have, their hand has been forced, Danny, to look at new departure points because it's been so restrictive out of the Republic. Yeah, I think that's evident with Aer Lingus launching out of Manchester with the, yeah. their direct flights across the Barbados and New York and, you know, and yeah. normally Dublin would be the hub for that. So it is, it's, it's, it is concerning to see how they're going to handle it. Um, it brings me on, obviously, to the, the likes of the traffic light system, which was going to be adopted by, by the UK and obviously Northern Ireland will follow that. And at the moment, I think it's not too damaging because that traffic light system and, and the green destinations, I don't think there's too many people wanting to go to South Africa at this time. No. Um, but, you, you know, it is, it's going to be interesting to see how the development is, how it's controlled um, mm. in the coming months, because obviously people will look at the likes of the Portugal and eventually Spain will come on and it will be quicker than the July date that you're having down in the south, isn't it? Yeah, the, um, the initial traffic light system here, I think like everywhere, Danny, caused nothing but total confusion. And to compound the issue in the Republic of Ireland, we have mandatory hotel, hotel quarantine in play for 70 plus countries. If you arrive into Ireland, you are legally obliged to stay 14 days in a hotel, 10 if you're proved to be clear, at a cost of circa 2,000 euros. So that also compounds the issue of encouraging people not to travel. So our colleagues flying to the Emirates, to the States, or whatever it may be, there's a number of major destinations on that hit list where you simply cannot arrive into Ireland unless you stay 14 days in a hotel. And to be honest with you, uh, it's fragile enough. People are not going to go through that unless it's absolutely 100% necessary. So the traffic light system right now now here, for want of a better expression, is redundant because the only thing the trade are putting all their hope on, Danny, is that the EU COVID certificate and support mechanisms are up and running and ready for our industry to embrace by no later than June so that we, we can encourage traffic both ways by July at the latest. Excellent. That's good to hear. Because especially because obviously the likes of the tour operators that are based down in, in the Dublin and, yeah. and, and um, Republic area, you know, they're going to need time to get going. They're going to need time. It's not an instant switch, is it? They're going to need Correct. to ramp up and get their charter flights organised and everything. So yeah, um, and it's going to be interesting to see because obviously, again, with the cruise industry in the UK, they they started putting in a lot of ports of calls for these mm -hmm. vacations or these yeah. sort of sailing around the UK and the Irish Isles and. Um, I know that, you know, there's big ports like Cove and Dublin, which would mm -hmm. take in thousands of cruise passengers each year, which, again, aren't going to happen. So the economy must be feeling the strain. Yeah, and I've had direct engagement with all the major cruise carriers because, as you know, Danny, from your experience, we, we did have a number of the major carriers home porting in Dublin 
um, right up to 2019. And it was a great additional piece of traffic for the industry and brought a lot of incoming and outbound business on the island. So that is a big concern right now. But there are indications by 2022, mid 2022, that there could be home porting options for a couple of the big carriers that we've been speaking to. So all is not lost, I'm glad to say. Excellent. And I think um, even in the last couple of days, the cruise industry seems to have just bounced back a little bit with the new announcement of NCL's ship. And you've got the NFC taking in the, their new ship yesterday in Southampton. And even today, you know, it looks like a different version of Cruise and Maritime um, is going to be coming back uh, into play as well. So it's promising, isn't it? It is promising. Yeah, no, it is. And I have to tip my hat to the cruise sector. They've been so progressive uh, and so supportive of the industry here in Ireland, both north and south. And the level of engagement is just amazing. And they've never stopped to invest and keep the industry updated, like even all the activity this week with MSC, and as you correctly say, with NCL and the boys in Royal Caribbean, Silver Sea, and tomorrow, it's relentless. And I think they're gonna reap the benefit because there's one expression, which is probably not uh, the best to use when talking about cruise, but there's gonna be a tsunami of uh, traffic um, and interest. Once we get a green light, and again, pardon the pun on that one here in Ireland. One of the things we keep telling all of our trade partners and our retail readers and followers is that you've got to be ready for it. Uh, and it's the old saying, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And it's a valid point you make, Danny, that this thing, unless you're prepared for it, will take a long time in terms of getting your business ready for this influx of traffic. And I know there are a number of retail and wholesale operators who are working round the clock and ready for when those doors open and people start to travel. Yeah, because there's definitely pent up demand, isn't there? I think oh, sure. want to get away and we're certainly not having the same summer as we did last year. So no. the way the weather is, I think people will be certainly dreaming of, of uh, a beach or a or a seacation or whatever it may be. For sure. But, um, talking about support then, and again, I, I noticed today that the government are talking about extending the wage support for aviation industry, but generally mm. the support financially for the travel industry, it's not been that great, has it? No, and I was one of the media partners who, when this thing kicked off, Danny, 15 months ago, it seems like 10 years ago, that we petitioned government ministers and we met with them here in Ireland. And with the greatest of respect, there was a high level of ignorance in terms of they really didn't understand how the industry clicks and ticks, how the retail sector relies on the relationship with the tour operator, with the wholesaler and the payment process. There was a general belief that, you know, once a booking is made, you're paid and that's it. So that was the first barrier that one had to break. But the general level of support up to recently was non-existent. And it's only since the tail end of last year up to the current month that there's a pandemic, pandemic unemployment payment in place for those who've unfortunately been taken off payroll. And then there's another subsidy for the retail and tour operating sector. But it, it, regardless of what it amounts to, Danny, there's an average of 90% um, of a deficit 
based on what these guys would have produced in 2019. So they are out of pocket. Uh, they've had zero income, similar to what you guys have experienced. And they will need that support, obviously, to get their businesses back on track. So yes, there are mechanisms in play, but they need to be A, ensured that they continue and that the government understand that even if that is the case, that the industry will need the support for at least another full calendar year to ensure that we all survive. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right with the fact that they don't fully understand no. how it works. And, you know, it'd be lovely to see the, the politicians actually spend a day with a tour operator or yeah. a travel agency and understand what goes through because I don't think they, they they certainly don't get the fact that it's the industry that's had to refund everything that they earned last year. Yeah. You know, yeah. And without anything coming in, it was always a negative. Um, correct. Bottom correct. Bottom, so, which is a real shame. But that, that brings me on then to um, obviously what it's like it, for the job market. You know, predominantly, in, there's a lot of really good uh, people out there that sadly have been let go or have lost their jobs during this. Mm -hmm. I've seen quite a few people are popping back up outside of travel, but it's great to see them back in the workplace. Yeah. But what is what is the job market like? What's the feeling like? Do you think that once July comes and everything goes, there's going to be a, an influx of jobs, or do you think there's still going to be a very sort of cautious approach? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a, it's a worrying one on two fronts, Danny. I mean, we have in Travel Biz our own jobs link. And I personally, because I've been around for quite some time with a lot of friends and colleagues who've been directly affected, have tried to get them redeployed, uh, you know, help them in CVs and all the bits and bobs. Now, there are a number of key individuals who've popped back in the industry over the past few weeks, albeit in different segments of what they used to do. Uh, uh, but which is encouraging because they're getting re-employed. But I think there's a far greater number out there that we're not aware of who've been really badly affected by this and who may be disenfranchised at even looking at the industry again because, you know, it's been a long 15 months. They've gone into different industries and there's a huge amount of talent, uh, the brain drain, as it's commonly referred to, that we would hope to see coming back into senior roles or retail or wholesale environments. Um, um, our own jobs page has been very, very quiet. Um, there's one of the biggest retail minipals in Ireland, John Cassidy Travel, has probably been the most progressive. They've been taking on people in both retail and wholesale environments, which is great to see. Uh, another friend of mine, Private Villas, is looking for a couple of executives to get ready for when we go back knocking on doors. But the overall feeling would be pretty low, Danny. I have to be honest, it's not uh, a real high level of enthusiasm about will there be a huge um, influx of jobs once the button is pressed. I personally believe there will be, um, but I think those who are the employers will take a cautious approach and wait to see a really good result before they start committing to taking people on board. Yeah, uh, yeah I think cautious, cautious is, the, uh, is certainly the word, isn't it? Uh, which, is, which is a real shame, but I think you're right. I think it's going to be probably another year before we see numbers back to where they are um, pre-COVID. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. Which is a real shame because there are some really good people out there that can do some fantastic jobs and they're members of the TRO Facebook group and I know that we've had some jobs shared in that group as well yeah. um, across the Republic of Ireland and for Northern Ireland so just keep keep an eye out there if you are looking um, Oh no for sure Definitely. Well Don it's been an absolute pleasure to have you as a guest today um, as you know my heart lies in Ireland there's no doubt that I'll be over as soon as I can to share a, uh, a pint of the black stuff yeah, um, we look forward to that, Danny. And look, you've been fantastic. Uh, we will support you, your readers, your followers in any way that we can. We adopted a strap line 15 months ago and a hashtag that we use in everything we do, and it's travel, trade, together. And uh, we are here for you, make no mistake. I think that's perfect. I think that hashtag is absolutely right because... I don't think there is any other industry around that has the camaraderie, the closeness, the connections that the travel industry has. And, you know, I think that's one thing that has certainly seen us get through this mm -hmm. um, period and will definitely see us come out of it stronger, better, more learning as well, I think, in some respects. So, sure. Um, it's going to be great. But remember, guys, obviously keep checking that Tiro Facebook group page. Add your friends, add your colleagues, add your peers on there. It's not just for people that have been made redundant. If you're looking for a change in, in the industry as well, there's lots of jobs happening on there as well. Um, and once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dom. Thanks, Danny. Take care.